0: Not, that I, not just that I had paid mental assent to, but that I had emotionally embraced in my heart from the beginning. Um, and, and I made a list of what those things were that I kind of know now, right? They are established in my life, but they were not established in my life 26 years ago. And I, I wrote these things down, and then I, I culled that list and combined that list and tried to get it down to as few things as possible. Anyway, I've got it down to five things. There five rocks that I wish that I had stood on from the very beginning that I had to establish kind of over the, the course of the last uh, 26 years or so. And so what I want to do with this, with you this morning is to share with you those rocks, <laughs> all right? Uh, five things that I wish I had established in my heart from the very beginning that had eventually been established by The end. So I don't know where you are on your ministry journey this morning, but if you write some of these things down, I might be able to save you a couple of decades, okay? (laughs) And uh, I put you ahead of where I was at when I was at your point in the journey or whatever. Um, So I'm just going to list them off and talk about them, and then uh, that will be our first session together. The first thing is this. The first thing is indeed to go deep, right? Expect to go deep. Deep. I remember when I was sort of setting out on the path of pa- taking over the church, um, Pastor Wayne Alcorn, who some of you have heard of, uh, he was a senior pastor before me, right? And so I wasn't taking over in a, uh, you know, a, a shaky affair that was, you know, we were wondering if it was going to hold together, right? I mean, this was empowering. This was a great church. And, you know, uh, Wayne then was the National Youth Alive Director. He's gone on to be, become our national president. And so uh, uh, the 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 ball's been kicked to me, and I've got the ball now. And uh, and uh, these are these are decent shoes, right? That this what it was. I, I was a thirty-two-year-old kid or whatever at the time, and I've got you know I've got, I've, I've got some reputation to live up to here. Um, and and initially, my my thought was keep the boat afloat. You know, <laughs> initially, my thought was don't stuff it up, right? Whatever you do, don't mess it up. And, uh, and I found myself inadvertently making decisions of survival, you know? Decisions to not mess things up as opposed to decisions to put the whole thing on the altar before God and go deep, right? And, and what I've realized is if you don't go deep, you may as well go home, right? That, 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 that if you don't go deep... I don't know how many of you have ever struggled with your prayer life. Don't put your hand up, you know. <laughs> you know, you know, you sort of struggle to read your Bible and sort of get that devotional thing happening, established in your life. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. When you go deep, you haven't got to try to establish your prayer, your prayer life. Your prayer life establishes you, right? It's like, oh, God, help me again today, you know. It's like when you're deep, right, it's kind of like you haven't got to come to worship like we were, you know, having a minute ago, it's not kind of like, oh, well, I suppose I better lift my hands, you know, I am the boss, you know. Uh, people are watching. <laughs> Hallelujah, praise the Lord, you know. <laughs> I hope so-and-so's here. I hope, I hope such-and-such is not sitting at the back. It really annoys me when they feel it from the back, as was said. You know, that really annoys me. And uh, But I've got my hands raised there. My head's all over the place, right? But when you're deep... It's kind of like you're hanging on to every word that's said there. You know, it's like, yes, Lord, I am free. Thank you, Lord. I'm not bound by the fetters of this, of this crisis, this, this impending crisis that I'm facing. I'm free. You're hanging on to every word. They, they are meaningful for you because you've gone deep. One of the things I realized is that deep is the normal place for a leader to be. Don't think about, well, once I'm over this crisis, you know, once we get out of this situation, they're not, no, 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 you're only going to go deeper, right? You've got to go deep. Now, and I was talking to, you know, Anthony and Jess before, and I'm so excited how is it? How, how great things are going out there at Tenham Sands, and uh, it's just great, you know, and they're talking about, you know, the school and the property, I think, well, you know, the big smiles on their face, thinking think, you guys are in deep, ha. <laughs> praise God, you know, this all sounds so great, but you're in deep, I know you're in deep, right, I've seen the joint, and, uh, but how many know, how many know, when you're in deep, that's when you see the miracle, powerful, providing hand of God, right, you've got to go in deep, I, um, so I remember when we, uh, our first building program that we set out there in Centro, and and um, we were building this multi story medical center, come offices and all this kind of stuff for us. And it was costing millions of dollars, you know. And, uh, and I, I remember talking to the guy at the council about getting council approval. Anyway, um, the, the, because it was multi story, we, we couldn't, there was no way we could provide enough car parks. It was impossible. And the guy said to him on the phone, he said, mate, you have a snowflakes chance in hell of this going through. There is no way this is going through because you simply cannot meet the code, right? You simply, it just don't fit. What you are proposing doesn't fit on the square that you have. You cannot do it. Well, you never say can't to God, right? How many of know that God is not restricted by the boundaries of, of the parcel of land, and, uh, and so, you know, God gave us some strategies, and we came up with, well, you know, we've got this block of land over here. We'll, 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 anyway, whatever we did, and at the end of the day, we got it through, well, well I, I'll never forget the day uh, one of our f- um, one of our big concrete pours, and I don't know, we must have had about 30 or 40 concrete trucks, you know, and they're right down. Pr- in fact, the whole of Pring Street, right, which is there's a private hospital there. Um, wh- when we first went in there, it was just a residential street. Now it's like the Wickham Terrace, if that means anything to you. Wickham ter- it's the Wickham Terrace of the West, you know. The private hospital has just spent 180 million dollars upgrading, and all of the houses have now become specialist rooms right and, and so this was what sort of you know th- this this was some of the, the the cogs that were ticking in my mind well we should need to put up a, f- in a multi-story medical center here because that's what the need is and uh and we're zone own you know medical and so forth but but um i, I was watching these uh these concrete trucks and there was about forty of them. No, no, no car could move in Prince Street because it was just line up concrete truck after concrete truck after concrete truck. And I think we're spending like one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars today. You know, and I remember watching these things coming. We didn't have the money. I'm thinking, why didn't somebody stop me? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, I was waiting for someone somewhere to say, "Oh, John, that's a great idea, but you need to wait." You know, <laughs> a- and it, you know, even the guy from the council who said you had a snowflake's chance in hell, right? Full disclosure, something deep inside of me kind of went, okay, well, that's that's comforting. You know, <laughs> I have someone to blame here for my inability to achieve, you know. Well, hey, it was a great idea, but, you know, oh, well, God's got something better, right? It's just not going to work. And I would have had someone to blame for my inability to move forward, right? But but how many know, how many know the minute you're a victim, the minute you're a victim, you're dead in the water, Right? <laughs> The minute you're blaming everything or somebody else for your inability to move forward and not trusting God to break through and go deep, you're dead in the water there. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so I, I, I soon recognized that being deep is the, the natural position of the leader. And if you're not going deep, well, you're not setting up the next generation, right? If you're not going deep, it's not about so much what you achieve, it's what you set in motion right and so we've got all these great facilities there now and i'm not there right and tim uh, tim spark god bless his cotton picking little socks you know <laughs> right he has what does he have there now uh 34 five thousand dollars a month passive income that's coming in through these medical centers and uh you know he's set up for the next generation right and we've said there you go son it's all yours we're out <laughs> <laughs> and uh we're leaving town, right? We're not hanging around as the pastor at the back. No, no, it's yours, mate. We're going to go off and do something else for God. We're still young enough to do something else for God. Have the lot. And you owe us nothing. We're out. And how many know I'd like to see that happen a bit more often? But anyhow, that's another story. Uh, go deep. That's, a, that, that, that's my, my first message. And if you're not the point leader, that's to the point leader. If you're not the point leader, this is what I want to say to you, right? So if you're on a team, if you're part of a team, um, don't be that stick in the mud, right? Don't be that uh, you know, like that 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 group that have been established to keep the whoever's honest, right? You know, like uh, uh, that third member of the of the Senate, you know, who says, "Well, I'm just going to keep him honest," you know. Uh, don't be that person. I've got to tell you this: history bends in favor of the doers, right? History bends in favor of the doers, and and over my many decades in this business. I've seen a lot of people come and go. I've seen a lot of people come and go who are so-called experts and who want to critique and who think that somehow they're God's gift to you, right, to stop you from, you know, to sort of keep you at bay. Unfortunately, this is the truth. Unfortunately, I've never seen any of their children prosper. (laughs) And unfortunately, I've never really seen God raise them up and use them mightily, Right. Don't You don't want to be that person, right? You don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the stick in the mud. If you're not the point leader, this is your job. Blow wind in the sails of the point leader. <laughs> if you're not the guy at the front, right, then make sure you're taking some of the pressure off them by blowing wind in their sails. How many you know right now our Prime Minister needs a bunch of blokes and women around him blowing wind in his sails because everyone's trying to cut him down and criticize him and undermine him? I tell you what, we need to be praying for him every day, right? I've I, I got to tell you this, that, you know, I mean, even some Christians, right? Even some Christians are starting to criticize him because he hasn't got this right and he hasn't got that right. i got to tell you, folks, you've never been in the seat I've never been in a seat. We you have no idea the pressures that the, the point leader is under. If you're not the point leader, you don't know. So encourage them. Blow wind in their sails. Now, please understand this. If you have expertise in a particular discipline, I'm not saying that you don't bring your expertise to bear upon their decisions for their own good. Of course you do, Right? I mean, if you're an architect and they're doing a building and you go, well, look, that's just not going to work. I love your thought. I love your vision. But we've got to do this, this, and this to make it work. Then by all means, you've placed there by God to bring your expertise and to bear on the leader's decision to get a greater outcome. That's a good thing. Yeah, sure. uh, so I'm not saying never critique a thought because you have a discipline of, of, of capacity to bear on that decision. You do that. But it's the way you do it, right? It's the attitude that's involved. Uh, I, I can remember many years ago now when the auditorium we first, um, when Pastor Wayne was, was in charge of the church and, and, you know, we built this building and, and uh, this couple that were a great couple. In the church, oh, you know, you're taking the church in the debt. You're going to kill the church. And they left. And, okay, and, and they never saw the miracles. They never saw what God did. They missed the whole thing. Thinking, how sad was that? You could have come the journey, you know. You, you, you could have grown through the process but she decided, oh well, you know, this is too bad a decision. It's gonna, it's gonna finish up bringing the church into, into great debt. I mean, we we owned a thing, That it? It was rubbish, yeah. right? And now they weren't bad people, but they had this 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 kind of this lack of faith, this negative slant. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. It doesn't work for you. Yeah, and not only does it doesn't work for you, my experience has been, it doesn't work for your kids. That's right. We've raised three. Um, Three kids. I know uh, three girls, like my good friends here on the front row. <laughs> Something, there's, there's an anointing upon real men of God to raise three young women. There's no two ways about that. That's where, the, you know, that's, that's where it really lies. That's right. And I know, I, know, I, I know these guys really well, and I know that they will attest to everything I'm about to say here. So if you're a parent, listen up. Personally, I think the greatest thing you can do to, to raise your children is submit yourself to leadership. Because as you see yourself submitted to leadership, they say in their hearts, oh, that's what you do. Your kids, listen to this, your kids will not always do what you do, but they will always disdain what you disdain. Did you get that? Your kids will not always um, value and they will not always do what you do, but they will always disdain what you disdain. So be careful what you disdain. (laughs) Be careful what you think little of. So, if you want your kids, I, people say, "What's the secret in raising kids?" Because you know our kids, are like these guys, kids are the three kids are all going on for God, and it's great, it's wonderful, and we praise God. You know, use pastors here, and you know, worship leaders here, and so forth. It is, and it's great, it's wonderful, and we, we're doing the same. It doesn't get any better than that, other than you know your kids are all in the same country, which is good. But in here, that's <laughs> our youngest is currently in hotel quarantine in malta with COVID, but anyhow uh with her husband it's all good it's all good she's she's got a double dose of Pfizer so she's fine and uh and got a bit of a runny nose and can't taste the food but other than that she's all right (laughs) but um but uh that's because she's vaccinated folks anyway just put that out there (laughs) Uh, (laughs) otherwise i'd be in big trouble right probably possibly in be you know i'd be wanting to get over there i can't get over there effectively she's fine um, ha, how do I get there? That's right. I'm saying that. <laughs> I'm saying that. Raising your kids, right? They see that. They see in you the ability to honor a leader, and they honor you because you're their leader. Yeah. If they see in you the the ability to dishonor a leader, be very careful, because they'll dishonor you because you're their leader. Yeah. If you if you, they see you disdain leadership, they'll disdain leadership. And then you say, What did, why don't you do this? Wow. Yeah. Blow wind up the into the, the sail. Of your leaders, go deep. Don't have one year's experience twenty times. Have twenty years' experience, right? There's always somewhere There's always a, another um, river to 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 ford. There's always another you know mountain to climb. There's always somewhere somewhere else to go deep in, right? And we got to a point now where, as you know, we've plunged ourselves into the um, national missions office. So we are now the national missions leaders. You know, we're still young enough to give something new a go. <laughs> yeah. So let's go deep here now, right? And I've got some visions and some plans to go deep in relation to that, which is not the, uh, the purpose of me being here today. Otherwise, I would tell you. Uh, <laughs> firstly, number one, go deep. Um, the scripture there is, be strong and courageous, Joshua 1.9. You've only got to be strong and courageous for one reason, right? You don't have to be strong and courageous if you're not fighting something. You haven't got to be strong and courageous unless you're up against something. And when you make a decision, absolutely, the enemy will come against you. Absolutely. When you're having steps of faith, be absolutely, you become a, a focus for the for the, um, for the barbs of the evil one. But be strong and courageous and move forward. Number one, okay? Number two, number two. All right, so um, I'm going to ask James a question here, my good mate. So, James, are you proud of, of your kids? you proud of your wife and your church and that you've done here? Okay, great. Okay, number two is stay humble. Just write that down. Stay <laughs> humble. <laughs> That's all right. Now, you can thank me later. Uh, <laughs> um, let, let, let me talk about staying humble here for a minute. Because James has just confessed his pride publicly. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and my question to you is, is, is that wrong? Should he be proud of his kids and should he be proud of his church? And should he be proud of his wife? Yes. Okay, you're all getting up against me. No, you're not. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course he should be. Of course he should be. Provided it's the right kind of pride. And let me explain to you the difference here, yes. right? Because the Bible does say that God gives grace to the humble, yes. right? but He opposes the pr- the proud. Yes. He gives grace to humble, but He opposes the proud. Here's the thing. He has. He should be proud of his kids, and he should be proud of his lovely wife, and he should be proud of everything he's done here. Absolutely right, because God has blessed it, and it is in incredible um, benefit to the kingdom. Um, but if I'm proud of my kid, because my kid runs faster than your kid, yeah. I got a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right? Yeah. If I'm proud of my church, because my church is bigger than your church, I got a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So here's the issue: see, uh, we have got to stay humble, right? but you can be humble and proud of what God has done for you, right? The difference is comparison, right? If I'm proud of my wife because she's better looking than your wife, I've got a problem because eventually someone comes along with a better looking wife than mine and I'm destroyed, right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying. That's a bit trite, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, If I'm proud of my kid because my kid runs faster than your kid, then someone else comes along and runs faster than my kid, what do I do with my kid? Then I'm in trouble. You see, when I say number two is stay humble, we we need to recognize that everything we do is is by God's hands. Right? God can lift his little finger. This whole thing falls apart in a moment. We we can never lose sight of that. But what I find as the point leader, right, the the secret to staying humble is keeping out of comparison. Right? Pride is fundamentally comparison. Pride is the sin of Lucifer, right? Pride is the stench of hell. The infiltration of hell into the church is pride, spiritual pride. I look down on other people because they're not as good as me, right? I can look down on you because you're an adulterer. I can look down on you because you're a drunkard. I can look down on you because you are a drug addict or whatever, right? I love what C.S. Lewis says about this. C.S. Lewis says that those sins are flea bites compared to the sin of pride. He said all those sins the church will deal with, right? If this man's a a womanizer, then, you know, we'll remove him from leadership. If he continues, we'll kick him out of the church, right? If this man's a drunkard, you know, we'll deal with that. This man's full of pride, we can raise him up and make him the leader, (laughs) right? Pride is, is the thing that actually infiltrates the body of Christ, and and Lewis points to the fact that you know alcoholism, uh, infidelity, etc., etc. He said those things are flea bites. They're, they're, they're minnows. The real issue is pride. Yes. A- and the key for us is to maintain a a humility of disposition, right? A humility of walk. And frankly, I don't know too many people that have been able to achieve that better than my mate James. To be honest with you, he is such a humble yeah. guy, <laughs> uh, despite the, the pride that he has in his family. But he's... <laughs> But it's the right pride. It's the right pride. See, that's that's the thing. It's the right pride. It's 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 the thankful to God. Hey, this is just fantastic. I'm marvelous. I want to sing of the the blessing of God. As opposed to, well, I've got the biggest church in Gladstone, right? <laughs> as opposed to, you know, well, my you know my kids are doing this and my kids are doing that. And what a good boy am I? No, no, no. He, he's just proud of them because he loves them. Yeah, yeah. Because of who they are, they not gonna do anything. He just loves them, yeah. and 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 that's the right thing. Yeah. That's the right thing. And the, and so. I say all that to say this. The secret of humility with the leader is stay out of the comparison trap. Simple as that. Stay out of the comparison trap, right? Be thankful to f- for God for the lane you're running in and running that lane for all your heart. And don't lift your eyes up and look at the guy beside you and think about his lane. Don't do that. You run in your lane. And, and the other guy will run in his lane. And God will bless you in your lane. And if God blesses him in his lane, that's okay. That's fine. We, 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 we run with that. We run with that. I, I think that's that's the biggest temptation of, of pride for the leader, right? It's, it's, the, it's the comparison thing. If you're not the leader, this is what I reckon the biggest temptation for you in terms of pride is. The biggest temptation for the team member is to not understand the weight of their opinion in light of the depth of their experience or credibility, right? So in other words... I've got this opinion, and I think you should embrace my opinion. (laughs) Um, Everyone's got opinions. Everybody knows how the pastor should pastor the church. (laughs) Everyone wants to tell him how he should do it. But, of course, most of those people with the opinions have never done it. Uh, And you've got to appreciate the weight of your opinion as opposed to um, the weight of your experience, right? And just appreciate that. I'm not saying never express an opinion. I'm saying do so in relation to the weight of your experience. Right? Um, it's a little, a little bit like like the last point, I suppose. But you know, I, I was at the football the other day and i was watching this bloke rip into the umpire. You know, the blind maggot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, and he's ten-year-old kid, or whatever, was beside him. I was thinking to myself, I really feel sorry for that kid. You know, you are completely undermining the authority of the duly appointed authority on the field. One day, that kid's going to tell his mother what to do. (laughs) And you're going to be saying, respect your mother. And he he won't really comprehend it. He wouldn't probably cognizantly be able to piece it together. But somewhere inside his heart, he's thinking, well, why should I? You don't respect authority. (laughs) And the thing is, you know, it's all very well. It's it's funny, isn't it? how 100,000 people all have an opinion of the umpire's experience that he's had to make in the speed of light, right, <laughs> with all the pressure of the moment, as things are happening and unfolding before him in the 360-degree, uh, 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 you know, out, 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 out playing of this, of this game, and you're watching a screen like this, watching the replays and criticizing him? I mean, come on, man. <laughs> like, are you serious? And, and, oh, you got that wrong, I'm blind, whatever, 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 whatever. And, and you know, but everybody, does, everyone has their opinion. Everyone's an expert on the person who's in the hot seat, right? Uh, and what I'm saying is, listen, I'm not saying you you shouldn't ever have an opinion. I'm saying that everyone has an opinion about everything. But try to balance it in light of your credibility, in light of your experience, right? If someone comes to me who's further down the track than what I am, then I'm probably going to listen to what they've got to say because... The weight of their opinion carries with it the, 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 the composite weight of their experience. You know, when the captain of the, uh, when an earlier captain of the Australian cricket team talks about the current captain of the Australian cricket team, I tend to go, okay, well, he's been there, right? As opposed to just a journalist who's writing up an opinion piece who's never even played for the, for the country. You think, well, what does he know? What does he know? And so I just think we need to be really careful. Again, you know, everyone thinks the prime minister should have done this and that and the other thing. You weren't in his seat. You didn't understand what was going on at the time. Ha- have an opinion for sure, right? But appreciate where your opinion sits in relation to your experience and credibility. <laughs> Stay humble. So that, that's that's humility in work clothes, right, for you just there. Number two, um, Stay humble. Number three. Number three. So number one was for me, go deep, right? Just get out there and and, and become co- totally dependent and relied on God. And then if God raises you up and you see great things, stay humble. <laughs> Realize it was all God in the first place. Yep. Okay. N- number three is give away authority. Give away authority. Christ himself gave apostles Ephesians 4, 11, 12. Why? To equip the people for the work of service so the body of Christ can be built up so I'd say, if you're the point leader, look far and wide. The miracle's in your house, right? Don't, don't just look to the immediate circle. Don't look to the people that, you know, you're you, you confident with or you have trust with or you have a, an, a, an experience with. Think about everybody, th- those who have just come, those who have been there a little time. When you're looking to expand your, your, your base, give away authority. Give away authority, Right? Take risks when you're doing it. Take risks when you give authority away. Right? Don't just stick to, you know, the tried old kind of, you know, Clydesdale that you know is going to take all the pressure and, and is not gonna let you down. There's tendencies to do that. And every church has got a few of those old Clydesdales that you know, they've got that strong back and they just take on another one. And some of you are here today, and God bless you, we love you. Right? <laughs> we love you. <laughs> but 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 as the point leader. Keep a a broad mind and a wide view on who potentially might do something and take some risks on who you trust. Take some risks on who you delegate, on where you send authority to the point leader. If you're here today and you're not the point leader, you're you're part of the team, then I say this in relation to this same point. Don't look to your point leader for, for a position. Only look to God. If you think... That, well, you know, James is the give, is the giver of gigs, therefore I'm going to become his best friend, you know. He's the senior pastor, and he'll decide who gets on the platform, and he'll decide who does this, that, the other thing. If you ingratiate, what, what will happen is you will start to ingratiate yourself to somebody, and that's not a good thing to do, right? You, you look to God. Don't look to man. Don't look to whoever the point leader is as the person who's going to raise you up. I remember getting a letter once years ago from this girl's uh, father because she had this wonderful ministry of dance, and he didn't feel like she was getting a, you know, a fair crack <laughs> to uh, to exhibit her ministry of dance, you know. And he wrote me this letter, you know, you you, know, you need to be doing this and this and this and this and this so that my daughter can dance. Uh, and I'm thinking, wow, mate, you know, you're trying to manipulate me here. Poor, uh, bad thing. Don't try to manipulate the leader to get a gig or to get an opportunity, right? Look to God. Uh, God, God, God points and, and God, God, God removes and God changes things around. Um, but the minute you try to manipulate, you take things in your own hands and it never ends well for you. It never ends well for you. Uh, you, you, you can tend to lean into a leader if a leader that you think this leader is going to raise you up and they do all kinds of great things for you, make all kinds of opportunities for you. Inevitably, one day they take those opportunities away, and that person immediately turns from an angel into a devil, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think you are? But you were doing this for me, you were doing that for me. No, you were looking to that person, yeah. right, to make a way for you. Don't look to a man or to a woman to make a way for you, look to God, right? So, in terms of, in terms of, uh, of, of, of uh, this whole idea of the Ephesians 4, if you're the point leader, look far and look wide. If you're not the point leader, look up. <laughs> don't look far, don't look wide, look up. Because God gives apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, like teachers, ed- you know, etc. Right? Not, not the senior pastor, not the state president, right? It is God. It is God. So, give away authority, look to God. Okay, so what have we got? We're going deep. We're expecting that—that's what this leadership thing's all about. We're going deep, and why we're deep, we're praying, we're worshiping because we're hanging out—we're hanging out there with God. And when God comes through, we're humble. We're not taking the glory to ourselves. not thinking, "What a great person I am." We're not thinking that, "Wow, well, my, my kingdom's expanding." Look at c- compared to them, we're you not. Know? We're just keeping our tr- our our focus on uh, uh, on the track that God's got in front of us, and we're thanking God and we're looking for the next mountain, right? And along the way, we're giving away authority. We're delegating as much as we can along the way. And the team are not looking to me for, for their gig. They're looking to God, but I'm looking to, to to lay off as much as I possibly can. Right? Okay. You want this next one? Right? This next one is so very important. Uh, I'll give you the scripture first because if I don't give you the scripture first, you might misinterpret this. Uh Galatians 6 5 says this. Galatians 6 5 says this. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Okay, here's the point. Play the God card sparingly. <laughs> Play the God card sparingly. <laughs> God told me. But Pastor, God told me. Oh, but God told why are you doing that? God told me. Yeah. I I don't want you to think that I don't think God speaks, right? Because God speaks to me all the time, okay? We're Pentecostals. We we, we live off, our, our breakfast is this constant communication with God. The Holy Spirit speaking to us and us responding. But I don't use that as a means of manipulating others, right? Or as a pretext to justify my stupidity. <laughs> Did you get that? Say I'll say it again, okay. I don't use God told me as a means to manipulate others or as a pretext to justify my stupidity. Right? Um, Over the years, I've had so many people come into my office and say, Pastor, God's told me. I can't think of one that actually happened. (laughs) Not one. And and, and when I preach, folks, I seldom say, right? I'm not saying never say it. I'm not saying never play the God card, right? Keep it for resurrections and crucifixions, right? Keep it for big moments. (laughs) Big moments. Because if you play it every day, right, it's kind of like the people think God's this schizophrenic being, you know? God said this and now he said that. Well, God told me to do it. Well, why did it? It didn't happen. Like, what's what's the go with that? (laughs) Folks... We don't have to use the God card. God said, let there be light, and there wasn't a lot of discussion about it. Yeah. There wasn't a sense, well, you know, God said there'll be light. No, there was just light. Because yeah, when God said it, that's the end of it. There's no, there's no negotiation, there's no discussion, there's no story, it's done. Yeah. Right? Now, now I, I don't want you to think that I don't believe God speaks to me. But if God speaks to me, and if I feel I have a word for James... I will come to James and I'll say, James, I just sense God is saying this. I'm not going to go to James and say, God's told me this about your life. God is infallible, but I'm not. That's it. Come on. I am fallible. I get it wrong. And sometimes, I know this has never happened to you, <laughs> but sometimes I might misconstrue the voice of God for my own desire. <laughs> and when I say God is saying this, what I'm really meaning is, James, I've been wanting to tell you this, but I don't want to take responsibility for it, so I'm blaming God. Boom. <laughs> you just, oh man. I just see this God card played with a lack of wisdom and, 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 and as a means of manipulation or as a pretext to justify my, my silly decisions that really are not necessary. It's not necessary. And you don't have to say, that's, that's why I started with the verse. Take responsibility for your own conduct, right? I chose to marry my wife. If I thought it was God, well, God, why did you do this, right? There would be points in my marital life when I would be blaming God for my situation. But I've got to recognize, no, I chose this, right? We've got to make the best. We've got to work it out. We, we, we've, got to, we've got to battle it through. Right? We can't just say, well, why are you married? Because God told me to marry her. <laughs> Look, you, you want to know what I actually think? <laughs> I'm just being really honest here. Well, I think I probably could have married a dozen different women. I don't know that. I don't personally believe God has the one for me. You know, that's the one. If you don't marry that one, I don't even, you know, I, I, you know please understand, I, I believe God wants me where I am right now, right? But if I'm open and, and humble and honest before God, I think God will bless me almost whatever I do. If you know what I'm saying, like not not being stupid about that. But but you know, I I, I think you know I, I saw my wife and I thought she was cute and we started dating and I liked her and she liked me and you know that I someone someone in our church God knows she was got told Francine, oh don't marry him, it's not God's will. Like 38 years later, but anyway. <laughs> we were too young to be married anyway um you always you know every church has them from time to time and um and and all i'm simply saying is that take god out of the arguments and just take responsibility and say well god you know i feel this is, is in god i don't feel there's a no here from god so we're, i'm gonna go and I'm taking responsibility for this. And, you know, I, I therefore have to make it work. And I can't blame God if it doesn't. Yeah. I can't say, well, oh, it didn't work. Oh, well, you know, uh, I only did it because God told me. No, you didn't. You did it because you wanted to. Be honest. You did it because you wanted to do it. Right. And okay, it didn't work out fine. Let's, let's, let's make it so that it, we can, you know, we can move it forward positively. But I don't think you can do that if you don't take personal responsibility. if you simply blame God for your circumstances and for your decisions. Now you've got to balance that by God speaks and we listen to God and 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 uh, you know um, the other day we were we were packing up as I uh, you might be aware of the fact that um, we lived in our house at Ipswich for thirty six years and and um, we sold it and uh, we we had slated a date to induct. Tim and Cat into the pasture at Centro, and as it turned out, our house settled two days later. So we literally moved out of Ipswich on the very day. We prayed for Tim. Our car was packed, the motor was running, and off we went. <laughs> <led. laughs> <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally, that's what happened. And uh, and we haven't been back. I said, Tim, said, come back and preach. I said, not for twelve months or more, mate. Yeah. I'll come back, but give me a big break. Um, and we loved them. We talked to them regularly. You came to have coffee with me the other day so there's, there's no issue there but i'm just saying hey I, i've been in that church for 40 years my wife's been in that church for 48 years <laughs> let's give these new guys a bit of space here right <laughs> let's let, let them establish their own authority and you know we'll come back and preach and he's asked me to come back and preach the line next year so it's not like there's an issue but I, i'm it's just the way it happened anyway um so uh so we're I ordered these two um, pods to put all our stuff in because we're moving into a unit that we brought three years earlier. Another whole, you know, m- incredible um, story of God. But anyway, um, so all of our worldly goods is going to go in this pod. And I thought, oh, geez, you're not going to fit it. One pod, I need two pods. So I ordered two pods. And I just felt God said to me, no, one pod will be enough. So I canceled the pod the day before they turned up. you know. And as it turned out, one pod was enough. Yeah. You know. So And I had no idea. So God speaks to me all the time. I just say that so that you know that I'm constantly in communication with God, right? But I don't use that to manipulate people. I recognize my position, right? And I recognize there are some people out there that can't that, that can't figure out the fact that I'm fallible, right? If you know what I'm saying. They think that if I speak, that's the voice of God. And so I have to manage that. And I manage that by... Not invoking God in what I say, but recognize, but you know, communicating the fact that look, hey, I, I sense God's taken us this, this direction, but you know, you got to appreciate that, that I'm not God, and I get it wrong, and, and I want to take my decisions and bring them to godly men and women for counsel. So, what do you think? Well, I think God's saying this, but James, what do you think? You know, do you think that's right? Do you think that's wrong? Um, if God said it, there's no discussion, right? But I'm not there. I, I'm still in that fallible area. So I want to listen to my brothers and you know to the wise people, guys, places around me, so that uh, I, 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 I there is a confirmation of the God thing. Okay, number four, helping over time. Okay, great. <laughs> number five, number five. This is the last one, and, and those four kind of you know are great, but this last one is really where it's at. This last, I can tell you something about professional sport. Um, I follow professional sport. I've never been in professional sports. Well, that's not true. I actually got paid for a game once, so I have been a professional <laughs> sportsman <laughs> once. One game. Anyway, um, and <laughs> but I can tell you something about professional sportsmen that um, the people who play at the top level learn how to play with injury but not let on the fact that they're injured. Right? I can assure you that everybody who takes the field on a state of origin night is carrying some niggling injury. They don't tell anybody. Nobody knows what it is. They've learned to play through the pain. If you can't play through the pain, you can't play state of origin. If you can't play through the pain, you can't play at a professional sports level. Okay. If you can't play through the pain, you can't pastor, you can't lead at a high level in the body of Christ. Now let me tell you what our pain is. When I'm talking about a professional athlete, you know, in contact sport, you all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, a, a, a bone or a, or a muscle or, or ligament or, or soft tissue. You know, that, that it's a physical damage. The, the pain that we play through is not a physical pain. It's a relational pain. Uh-huh. It's a relational pain. If you can't play through relational pain, you can't play at the highest level. If you've never been invited to a wedding and just thought, oh, do I have to go? (laughs) I hope I don't get stuck at that table with those people. Please, Lord, don't get me stuck at that table with those people. If you haven't prayed that prayer, you haven't been around long enough. uh, (laughs) Because that's going to come. Right? We're all going to finish up at weddings and or funerals with people who have hurt us and who we really don't want to have to be there with. But because of the connections, and because you know the daughter's getting married, and she's mates with your kid, or whatever, whatever the story is, you got to go. You got to smile. And if they come back to church, you got to love them. That's tough, right? That's tough. You even get to the point, and I don't know if this is my own issues, James, but you even get to the point. Well, you can be walking down the street in a town that you've been in for the last 15 or 20 years, and people walking down the street the other way, and you're thinking, oh geez, I really wish I was on the other side of the road right now. But anyway, if I cross now, is it too obvious? <laughs> what am I gonna do? You know? Do I have to keep walking? Oh, I need something in that shop. I need to buy a dress for my wife. <laughs> Or something, anything, just get me out of here, right? And the funny thing is, they're thinking the same thing, right? So, you know. (laughs) And that's the pain we've got to play through. We've got to play through that pain. We're going to play through the pain. And you might have heard me talking about this before, because I have spoken about it before. We've got to play through the pain of the gap, right? You know about the gap theory right the gap theory you all heard of the gap theory i'll I'll explain to you the gap theory i'm not talking about the creation gap theory it's another one uh uh, you know this is my expectation and this is my experience and there's a gap between what i expected and what i perceived and you get the gaps in marriages if you haven't got a gap in your marriage well you're probably not back from your honeymoon yet i don't know why you're here (laughs) You would have expected him to do that, and he did this. There's a gap. You expected her to do this, and she did that. There was a gap. In your church, you have expectations of leaders. I expect them to do this, and they do that. At the workplace, I expect the boss to do this, and he does that. In every area of life, I expected this, but my experience, my perception was that. And I have a gap. Right? That gap is where the pain is. I expected those people in my church to respond like this, and they responded like that, and there's a gap there. And that gap is where the pain is. So, how do you play through the pain's the question? How do you play through the pain? Let me read you this. Um, Paul, who writes to the, um, Corinthians, says this love suffers long and is kind, love does not envy. Does not, love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. This is great stuff, isn't it? I mean I, I, I want my grandson to hear this because you know, he knows everything, he's five. he knows everything and he can't get anything wrong. <laughs> love does not behave rudely, right? How many we, we want all our kids buy this. kids don't behave rudely, right? One of the things about growing up in our homes is we, we treat our children this stuff, right? We treat them, be kind, um, don't envy. Don't parade, don't puff yourself up, don't be rude, don't seek your own. Um, love is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. And Paul's doing so well here. <laughs> and it's doing so well that right now that that little verse is probably being quoted. Saturday, what are we, Saturday uh, late morning, it's probably being quoted right now somewhere in Australia at some wedding somewhere. And probably some. it's probably being quoted today around the world. in weddings thousands of weddings around the world right now will be quoting this stuff and they don't stop to think about what he says next because what he says next is just stupid (laughs) what he says next i don't know what he was possessing him at that point but he says this um he says uh love bears all things okay fair enough believes all things who's going to teach that to their kids you're going to teach to your kids believe all things is that what you're going to teach your kids i doubt it you're going to teach your kids a healthy skepticism, right? Don't believe what some stranger tells you, don't believe what everybody says. Paul, you got it wrong. So, what I want like us all to take out of rubbers and remove this from the Bible because it's not right. <laughs> Believes all things, come on, Paul, that's ridiculous. Hopes all things, yeah, maybe. Endures all things, okay, you know, I can endure get that stoic maybe um but this believes all things is this this is i think harking back to this this gap thing Let, let let me interpret this for you a bit um the minute you start ascribing motive to the gap you're dead in the water that's what he means by believe all things ascribing motive to the gap oh that person they are blank standard or they are manipulative or whatever 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 the minute you can all identify a gap right the minute you ascribe motive to the gap you're not believing all things Come on, good. Yeah, good. so what are you gonna put in the gap you either put into the gap trust believe all things trust or suspicion you put suspicion in the gap, you're dead in the water. You've got to put trust in the gap. Of course, we don't expect our kids to, you know, take lo- lollies from strangers. That's just stupid. That's not. That there's not a gap there, right? That's that's not what Paul's talking about. Paul's talking here about love. He's talking about relationship, and he's talking about the gap theory. And what he's saying is, when you come to the gap, and you have the temptation, you'll be tempted to put suspicion in the gap. Love does not put suspicion in the gap. Love fills the gap with trust. <laughs> Love believes all things. That's good. So here's the challenge for us, folks. No matter what happens to us, there's gaps. We cannot afford to ascribe the gap to a character trait. Right? That's when we're dead in the water. We've got to believe the best of people. So well, God's working on them, God's gonna bring that about, you know, I'll just keep moving forward. God's taking them through a journey of process of growth. I'll just I'm not gonna let that affect me. I, I'm gonna believe the best for them and I'm gonna move forward believing the best for me. And that's how you move through the gap, the pain, right? The ability to trust people. If you don't deal with your inner We don't trust one another by nature, you know, uh, eventually. You trust me, you trust me because you don't live with me, right? (laughs) But if you're under my leadership day in, day out, eventually I'll do something and the trust will be under my... I'll create the gap and then it's on you. You either fill the gap with suspicion or you fill the gap with trust. And what I'm saying is when it comes to people, we've got to identify the gaps, know the temptation and fill it with trust. You understand that? All right, so it's about dealing with people. Don't blame God for stuff and manipulate people, All right, Stay humble, give away authority, and go deep. They are five rocks that I wish I had established 28 years ago that took me all that time to bring to fore and form in my life. That's brilliant. I trust that you can take that away, pray over that, and that will help you. That's brilliant. Let's stand up, we're going to pray. <laughs> Father God, I thank you for this time that we've been able to share here together. And Lord, I just pray that, um, Father, s- something that I've said here in this last session resonates in the hearts of, 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 of everybody, Lord. And Father, just take that right now. Lord, maybe it's a decision they're going deep in, Lord. Ma- ma- maybe it's to do with a, a, a hurt that they're, they're working through with, with, a, with, a, with a person. Uh, Father God, maybe it's to do with this—a uh, the, the, direction they're taking in their ministry or in their their, their their world. Father God, I pray, Father, just bring wisdom to bear on those issues in the life of every person in this room this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. 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 Okay, we're going to take just a few minutes just to talk to someone nearby, and then we're going to come back and polish this thing off. Did you want to say anything, or just leave no, it with no, me? I'll you do leave it with end. me. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be back in a minute, folks. So uh, take a moment to. Have a drink, use the bathroom.